Horror Movie Talk brought to you by Wee Willie's Lumber in North Portland. Ready to get your next project started with a bang? Really looking forward to cramming your days with huge loads of hot wood? Wee Willie's Lumber is chock full of hundreds of tons of wood, and we're quivering with anticipation for the next customer to walk in the front or back door. Wee Willie's, where we love wood. Also brought to you by I Like Comics in Vancouver, Washington. Sign up for a free subscription box today and receive 20% off any titles you sign up for. Get this, no minimum amount of of titles to sign up for. Tons of comics, new and old, trade paperbacks, hardcover statues, collectibles, action figures, shirts, you name it. This place is a comics emporium. Check them out online at ilikecomicsonline.com. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week are Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, a cool guy who's always cool. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm David Day. I'm Bryce Hansen. And this is Horror Movie Talk. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Top of the uh, top of the pod, I'd like to plug our website, horrormovietalk.com. Check us out there. We post blogs and episodes and reviews, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, check us out on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, the, probably the best places. Also got Instagram, if that's your deal. So check us out on there. Um, and make sure to take our audience survey. Uh, you're going to hear us say this in the show for the next couple of months. We're taking a survey of our listeners, and we'd like you to participate. It will help us learn more about you, no matter how long you've been a listener and, or how frequently you listen. So please just take a few minutes, help us out, and visit our website at horrormovietalk.com. You'll find this listener survey. You'll find the listener survey link right on the main navigation bar up at the top, also on the sidebar when you're in one of the episodes. Yeah, thanks for those that have already taken it. We've got a couple responses so far, and it's it's very helpful to to see what our what our audience is made up of, and especially the the questions of what do you like and what do you dislike about the show is very yeah. very informative to us. Yeah, it makes a big difference. So we recognize those of you who have already taken it, and we thank you very much. Um, we post a new episode, a new podcast every single Wednesday. Uh, so go ahead and subscribe uh, to us and leave a review. Uh, of the podcast on either iTunes or Stitcher or any place that you listen to us. If you can leave us a review, we would greatly appreciate it. So thank you in advance or on the back end if you've already done it. Today we're going to be talking about Overlord. We'll start out by giving a brief review uh, f- uh, and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge of a movie. Five being totally average, nothing too bad, nothing too good. Ten being a great movie. Really, really, very, very, very good movie. Um, after we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a kind of a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Um, later, we'll be doing taglines. I don't think you called anything this time. No. No. Okay. And then... But so there was a lot of predictable things that happened in this hey, movie. Well, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Not that you couldn't have, it's just that you didn't. I chose not to. Yeah, right. Um, Taglines and horror movie news. Other than that, thanks again for listening, and let's get into the show. So on 
Thursday, we went and saw Overlord. It was a is a new release, so just just released, and it was very fun and very loud, and not to be taken too seriously at all. So here is the trailer. Ago, I was cutting grass in my front yard. And the mailman shows up with a letter from the army. Now I'm here. No idea where I'm going to end up. Questions aren't good answers. There's a lot of soldiers out there, and there's only four of us. Find out what's inside that cop out. that we our uh, episode doesn't get flagged for having that song in the trailer oh well, well where see. would it get flagged on youtube on itunes youtube probably definitely holy cow one time i put some on youtube and there was like a obscure bob dylan song way in the background and it still got flagged that's freaking ridiculous like i'm sorry that's yeah that's 100 percent fair use it doesn't it's just a it's just an algorithm listen, listening for the, the song yeah right it must well, be we'll see. it's not a person going oh yeah that's a trailer to overlord Badass if you never trailer. if you never hear us again you'll probably never hear this episode wow that could, get us, ki- that could get no, us kicked off of youtube so. or uh itunes Damn. i don't think so but it might it might get played who knows wow i don't think they're too worried about us at this point i think actually the the advice that i heard is don't put anything on that's on the billboard charts like nothing actually popular right now so did hell's bells uh ever fall off the billboard charts i don't know i mean it's probably not in the top 200 yeah i, I, I mean think. maybe so, so anyways. 
Overlord can be found in theaters right now. Uh, it's a movie about a few American paratroopers in World War II who are dropped behind enemy lines in France right before the invasion on D-Day. So, like, the night of. And their mission is to destroy a radio tower in a church that has been occupied by the German by the Germans and converted into a radio tower. And so much more than a radio tower. <laughs> uh, um, Overlord is a fun action. Now, there is no question in my mind that Overlord is absolutely a horror movie, you know? Yo, yeah. How sometimes, like, for example, The Little, little Stranger, mm-hmm. we go, it's marketed as a horror movie to us. We're like, that's got to be a horror movie. We get there and we're like, I guess. Yeah, it's also much more obviously a horror movie than like The Predator or The Meg. Right. This is this is a a hard horror movie, but more than that, more more accurately, it is an action horror movie. Action dash horror movie, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, it's real fun. It's got uh, an intense emphasis on disturbing body horror and super stereotypical Nazi bad guys and good guys. So the good guys are ultra stereotypical and the bad guys are even more stereotypical. Although it's kind of a fight to see who can be more goofily. (laughs) (laughs) But it's charming, I think. Uh, Yeah, an adjective to describe this movie would not be subtle. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, this movie is in your face, <laughs> big time, with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's got basically everything you need for an action movie, incredible sound, crazy intense uh, physical fights, gun battles, chase scenes, you name it. Uh, it also has plenty of disturbing imagery that works well and makes you say, boy, those Germans sure were, they were just mean dudes. What a bunch of meanies. Mm-hmm. I mean, that part where, well, we'll get into that later. That's I, I don't know if that counts as a spoiler, but I'm not going to spoil it. Um, all the elements to make this uh, quotation marks fun horror movie are present. Overlord provided me with all my favorite things. World War II, Nazi killing, fun horror, drugs, and a decently tight, a decently tight script. Um, what did you think? Um, I mean, it's exactly what I expected from yeah. the trailer. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, again, it's not subtle. If no. you watch that trailer and you hear ACDC over World War Two explosions, you're not going to get, you know, an art house experience. <laughs> not even a historically accurate experience. In but, no way. But, it, yeah, like I said, it's exactly what I expected from it. Not anything really more. Yeah. Than that. It was it was fun and it was definitely a very good example of action horror. Yeah. It it was both parts equal pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's fair. Uh the main character is named Boyce and he's played by Jovan Adepo, who is an English man. Um I believe he was born in Oxford. His counter his counterpart in the movie is named Ford. Uh his superior, um, Sorry, I don't remember the rank. Uh, was he a corporal? Corporal? I don't know. Lieutenant? Uh, it didn't, didn't say an IMDb, and I couldn't really remember because I thought, well, for sure, this is information that IMDb would have. Uh, Ford is played by the dreamy Wyatt Russell, uh, and they are both joined by the most stereotypical set of World War II companions that I've ever seen in any movie ever. 
<laughs> Although they're the same as like Band of Brothers. Um, they're the same as Saving Private Ryan. You have your loud, obnoxious Italian American. I mean, <laughs> as far I mean, yeah. Every World War II movie has the group that has the Italian the stereotypes from different parts of the country with different backstories and motives. They all have the it's loud like, Italian. It's like they weighted all of that stereotyping onto this one character. <laughs> like ninety yeah. percent of the stereotype was on this one Italian. Tibbet. Kid from the Bronx. Yeah, his yeah, his character was named Tibbet. Yeah, he was fucking annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but it provided for some good nudges and laughs and stuff like that. I right. mean, he was a funny character. Yeah. Although so he overacted so much and his and he was so t- stereotypical that I actually got a little annoyed a decent <laughs> amount of the time. It was yeah, a little. It was very hammy. It was very, and like seeing interviews of him on IMDb, he's he just talks like a normal guy. It's like not. I think he's probably is from New York, so there's a slight accent, you know. But in the movies, like I gotta get some gabagool. <laughs> hey, come over here, you meathead. Yeah, it's uh... get away from me. I can't even. Do, I can't even do an Italian accent. So it's like it's staying in just. Trust that it's the most over-the-top... New York Italian. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and he is played by John Magaro. Magaro? Uh, Eventually, they bump into the sexiest French girl I've ever seen, uh, Chloe, uh, played by Matilda Olivier, who helps them in their journeys to kill Nazis and do drugs. Overlord is produced by J.J. Abrams, and it feels like it. Uh, It was directed by Julius Avery, who, up until this point has just done a bunch of little not a bunch like he not much one, at all he did one other full feature length film right. this is a sophomore thing like that always how just does that amazes happen? me how, how does that ramp happen yeah. how does ramp from literally unknown feature length one yeah to, to being produced by jj abrams yeah where does that where like that's like that's meteoric rise that's like i think it's just you you must have done really good work on those shorts and and the one feature length film probably stayed under budget and uh you're cheap really so. good at you know getting those knee pads out yeah yeah um <laughs> uh so my score for <laughs> my score for overlord is 7 out of 10 but that comes with an a pretty heavy asterisk cuz after talking with Bryce um he he's right on a lot of the things you're going to hear him say he's not wrong about it mm-hmm. it's just it tickles all of the things that I wanted it to which is World War 2 I love World War 2 I love it I I love killing Nazis I love it I the 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 drug thing with the crazy zombies it turns people into i love it all that stuff i love it so it's it's hard for me to cuz i had and the action was so enjoyable there was a few action sequences that were that gave me chills uh and so therefore if if those things are your deal you'll like this movie if not maybe listen to Bryce's score <laughs> yeah i I give it a five, just right down the middle. I think if I'm being generous, I could give it a six. Um, it's it, yeah. 
<laughs> it's like 5.5 for me because it it delivered exactly what I thought it would, and it's um there's nothing like exceptional every everything is expected and there's not a whole lot of uh um i mean not that this really matters but in terms of like thematic material and logic of what's actually going on it's usually dictated by what'll be cooler at this moment in time right yeah as, for sure. as opposed to like what's this story and uh but yeah, it's yeah, I'd give it I'd give it a 5. Along with there's a few I minorly mean, annoying PC culture nods that are that stand out a little, little more than than you would think. Yeah, there's one or two times where I was like eh, it it does take me out a little bit. Yeah, and I feel like wrong for being taken out. Right. Of it, but which is which is the right way to feel. You should be ashamed yes. for feeling the way you feel. Um, but I mean, when I go back and think about it, we I think we gave Meg a five. It was just middle of the middle of the road. Yeah, maybe. I think Predator. We gave. I think I gave it a seven or an eight. I think I gave it a seven or an eight. I think I gave it like an eight because I really really love Predator. But I think that one was more exceptional from the script wise. Yeah. It was genuinely like entertaining interchange between the characters, and this one. It's just there was there was a couple times where I exhaled a little heavier through my nose, and See, that's that's about as funny as it got. So not only does this tickle all the things that I wanted it to tickle, but it um like it was such a breath of fresh air after Suspiria, like it really <laughs> helped wipe Suspiria out of my my being, which. Oh man, that movie is heavy as shit, and it just w- stayed with me the whole week. So I was like very happy to go to World War II and kill some Nazi zombies. Um, that was great. <laughs> so yeah. So you know, if if you more more on my side, go see this movie. If uh, if you kind of feel like eh, I could do without World War II, I could do without killing Nazi zombies, then. You know, maybe, maybe, but or Nazi monsters. Yeah, Nazi I mean, monsters. it's not very specific. No, it's not specific. I'm calling them Nazi zombies, though, because well, yeah, I, I, I know that will do, that that will do better than calling them Nazi monsters, because Nazi zombies are a thing. Black Ops Four just just dropped, so hello. Okay. All right, should we get into the beats? Yeah, let's let's hit them spoilers. So, first of all, this movie started out balls to the wall. Oh man, if the if the movie had kept up the momentum that that opening sequence had, I did it not would have breathe. been so great. I did not breathe for the first 15 minutes of this film. Like it was it's pretty much exact I mean, again, it's exactly what you'd expect for that scene of a parachute drop just the chaos and whatnot, but it did it very well. Yeah. Like really um a great World War Two straight ahead D Day sequence from paratroopers. And of course there's there's plenty of movies that they can take material from and, and use what works. But it it worked. None of them have I've never seen this sequence done this well. This this jumping out of planes, paratroopers jumping out of planes on D Day, and I've seen every single one of them. 
you know, because uh, it just doesn't get any better than this. This is the best that pre D Day para, paratrooper jump. There was one thing that <laughs> so when the plane gets hit, the back of it's like on fire in flames and stuff, and it's sliding up or it's angling up, and so a bunch of people are sliding back into the flames. Yeah, and I'm like. Are they falling out of the back, or is it just? Or are they into falling like, into an inferno? Like it looks, it's either because the plane wasn't long enough before for that to be like. I don't know. It either turned into a portal to hell, or they fell out the back of the plane, which yeah. would have been like, well, you wouldn't have gotten that burned. Well, your your vision was obscured. Either way, it would yeah. have sucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't wasn't good news. So yeah, Boyce jumps out of the plane and the now hang on, we're we're glossing over a little bit here, which is like the lead up is tense, like bullets start coming through the floor, the sound, like I urge you, like the first thing you should be thinking of if you want to go see this movie is go someplace that you know has a great sound system. If if it, if you're going to some old Regal Cinemas that's you know ten fifteen years old and they got all blown out speakers and stuff. You're not going to have as good a time as if you go see because the sound in this movie was earth shattering. Yeah, it was a big impact. We went and saw it at a at Cinetopia, yeah, in Vancouver, and there they have a little higher quality um, audio, and uh, yeah, they they crank it up, and so it was very engrossing. <laughs> yeah, like it felt like your everything was exploding around you. It was nuts. Yeah, man. Um, my question to the audience, just right off the bat, is what was the last movie that make that made your hair stand on end? Because this whole first fifteen minutes was like just such a crazy roller coaster ride for me. I was uh, my hackles were up the whole time. Uh, so yeah, the, I mean the opening sequence. The best part about it is is Boyce jumps out and he hits the water and basically starts drowning, and then there's a great sequence where he comes to the surface underneath his own parachute and it's just a great shot of his face being covered by this parachute and cutting through it and it's it was intense yeah i mean it made me so upset like so worried because you know that he he's under the water he's cutting his parachute off slowly as fast as you can when you're underwater and trying to fumble with a parachute and your knife and everything like that and then he's like and then he's like climbing 20 feet up to the surface of the water and and he's met by his parachute, which is over the water, you know, acting as, yeah, yeah, a napkin preventing him from breathing. Right. Yeah, like I said, if if the action sequences were as interesting as that one throughout the rest of the movie, I would have been. It would have been an eight or a nine. Yeah, for me. Oh yeah, because it would have been first. It would have been a a fucking awesome World War Two movie. Right. And you can't go wrong with that. Right. There's just too much good stuff in that. Yeah. The last amazing, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the whole movie, so right off, so as soon as he gets out of the water, um, I was struck with, like, the set design and the landscapes and how beautiful everything was. Um, They really did have amazing backdrops and scenery. Um, I was, like, I was there in, in the scene for pretty much the whole movie. And mostly, I think it's because of because of the set design and all that kind of stuff. It was, you know, it was all, it was all on point and it, and it looked good and pretty. 
the uh, so the action in this movie. So if you haven't, if you can't tell by the way we've been talking about it, the action in this movie was uh, like just explosively violent, and that held true through the whole movie. Like anytime a gunshot went off, it like so it would go from a, a normal quiet talking um, volume to loud as hell. Like the, the the cracking, like there was there was a lot of visceral fighting and stuff like that. It was all zero to sixty very fast, and and all the action scenes like kind of kind of like stayed true to that. Yeah, they're they're overwhelming. Like the towards the finale, like the your generic blast going off behind the hero running through the tunnel and jumping to safety as the explosions blow him out of the tunnel. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah, it's it goes full force. Yeah, there, there's no halfway halfway point, and it's and it was it, it like it did all those all the things that you would nor- that normally you know that happen in action movies and make you roll your eyes. But I don't know. I I had a good time with it. Right. You know. So it kept it kept my attention through the whole thing. Normally, I'm not a big action movie guy, but I had a great time. So can I, so talking about the, so the stereotypical group of soldiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honest question. How many New York Italian guys from the Bronx were in World War II? And were they all evenly distributed throughout every single company? They were all paratroopers, for sure. Like every single movie. Yeah. Every World War II story has... The Italian Brooklyn guy. Why is that? It, it, it must be just standard issue. Is they it? must like <laughs> hand out all the gear. <laughs> Here's your standard issue Italian oh, from God. Brooklyn. Here's this guy. Here's your standard issue Texan. Hey, he goes by He goes by Tex. <laughs> and here's your standard issue bookish guy that's yeah. going to write a book about this experience. Right. They had the, uh, in this, they had a cameraman. Mm-hmm. A documentarian who was sent with a, a large camera and was, yeah, bookish and had his glasses. And, and they they also had the literal guy writing a book and he immediately exploded. There was a guy writing. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I mean, that was it. It was like, hey, I'm writing a book. Boom. As soon as he got done saying, I'm writing a book, he just he exploded into a fine haze of. <laughs> blood mist and that's also that was one of my my favorite <laughs> lines is that they realize that they're in a field of of landmines a minefield um yeah a right. minefield and <laughs> a field some sort of field containing <laughs> mines <laughs> i call it the field of mines <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways they realize that there's landmines and the, so they start walking through carefully and poking the ground with their bayonets and the Italian guy is like, <laughs> "How? No, how no, hard no. is? Let, let's let me set this up. Let me set this up. So, so the the like the leader of the four or five guys who are left, who they've found and gotten together, he's like, "Whoa!" Because because the dude who's writing a book just stepped on a landmine and exploded. So the dude who's in charge is like, uh, "What? What was his name? His name was uh, Ford. Yeah, Ford." So Ford's like, okay, everybody, fix your bayonets on your guns and then, like, poke in the ground right where you're going to step next. And uh, do do it firm, but not so firm that it's going to set off a landmine. And then then the Italian guy is, how do I know if it's too hard? 
You'll know. You'll know. <laughs> Just that was a great line. That was a good line. <laughs> yeah. So so at this at this point they're walking through the woods. It's the, it's the middle of the night, and uh, and they see this girl running through the woods and. And they're like, well, she can't like, she can't just run away. Like, we can't let her get away because she'll alert someone to our presence, right? And they'll and she'll blow our mission. So, so they chase her down. They grab her. She spits in their face, and then they become friends because they give her back her knife. And uh, and this is Chloe, this girl that they mm-hmm. befriend. Now she's she is now a part of the squad. Essentially, she doesn't she doesn't really leave the action for the rest of the movie mm-hmm. because she decides to house these at this point there was four four of them left Mm -hmm. there was ford and boyce and tibbet and then the forgettable cameraman who is basically a red shirt from in star trek and yeah is sacrificed later to yeah exactly to drugs yeah because i mean they kind of portray boyce as the you know the guy that would be the conscientious objector yeah the the guy that was What's it called? Empathetic. Yeah. And so not having, supposed to be here, too weenery to to be a soldier. So having the guy that's the camera guy that doesn't really want to shoot his gun is kind of gilding the lily at that point. Right. It's an unnecessary character. Yeah. And they don't really even develop it that much. It's like this they're just like, Oh yeah, we, we need the camera guy. You are the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. <clears throat> One thing like upon reflection realize a lot of the movie takes place in that house yeah like it's a huge portion and it is it is a lull i mean there's a lot of like setup that goes into it and i wouldn't say it is necessarily slowed down but i wonder if they could have it feels strange it's less believable too because they're like hey we have one mission and we're gonna mention it 20 times what our mission is that we're gonna go blow up this tower and how it's the most important objective everything else is secondary and then they just stay around in this house for a while. Yeah. And I I know the feeling that you have because I have it too. But the way to get over that is to stop being such a jerk. <laughs> no, no, no. The way to get over it is to realize that this the whole movie takes place in a matter of nine hours. Right? Right. This is a this is a nine hour long sequence of events that this movie portrays roughly because these guys got to go blow up this radio tower just directly ahead of the d-day invasion so d-day is coming at in the morning i don't know i don't know how early you get there for d-day if you're like a little fashionably late like nine i can't remember Mm -hmm. is it like nine or nine thirty and then uh so these guys drop presumably i would think around nine or ten after it gets dark and because uh, it's June, yeah. Well, I mean, the the function of of the house in the storytelling makes sense that it's setting up the characters. It's setting up like who this girl is and her why she's mad at the Nazis, right? Because they rape her, and right. then which it's is, a safe place to come back to once they've done reconnaissance, right? Basically, yeah. And which and, isn't completely out of the norm, but you, it, it seems like. You could have you could have made it a faster movie, or you could have packed in a little more action if you just had them go towards the tower and just say, "Hey, we're taking you with us, lady." Yeah, I agree, absolutely. Uh, so the house that we're talking about is Chloe's house. She takes mm-hmm. them. She, you know, 
they're like, can you lead us to this village? She's like, yeah, I actually live in that village. She takes him to this village, stows him away in her attic. She's, she's got a little, bro- little brother? Is mm-hmm. it her little brother? Yeah, and L- a sick aunt. And zombie. A, yeah, and a sick aunt who has clearly been tested on, uh, been been a, made a test subject for the uh, the Nazis in the in the church slash radio tower, and the little boy is like infatuated with these American soldiers because he because he likes baseball, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's this great part <laughs> where some Nazis come knock on the front door. The uh, Chloe goes to answer the door. It's her. So it's surprise. We meet a it's some sort of corporal or something like that in the uh, in the SS, um, who is her like forcible boyfriend. Like he has forced himself onto her and has a kind of very inappropriate relationship with her, where he just like mm, rapes her. Yeah, there's it's a. Uh... It's a scene where it looks like they've had a relationship before, but she's like, hey, I'm I'm not into it tonight. Or, right. I mean, it looks like it's a begrudging relationship at that, but it's oh, more yes. of like an understanding of like, okay, you won't kill all my family if I just let you have sex with me. And right. she was like that night, no thanks, it's just I'm not feeling well. And he's like, all right, well, I'll just kill your family and your brother and uh, and then we'll make rape you. And then, and then I'll have me and my... My uh, three other Nazi friends run a train on you. Yeah, there's this movie is definitely like, I mean, it is it is it is not tiptoe around your feelings at all. It's like <laughs> the Nazis were very bad people. They were, yeah. but the but the way it portrays them is completely inhuman. Like these people yeah. are monsters, <laughs> just horrible monsters. I'm not saying I'm not saying Nazis aren't monsters. I'm just saying if you go see this movie, you'll be like, God damn, like there's no humanity in these people. Right. So and the, the worst is the Nazi that spits on the kids' baseball. That's where I'm going with this. So. So this dude, this Nazi walks in, he's like, hey, how about, how about we, uh, you know, how about we, you know, how about we, uh, get it on tonight? And she's like, nah, not feeling it. And he's like, oh, and by the way, the Americans and the brother are all hiding up in the attic. So they're like watching through the floorboards to this interaction. And, uh, and some, at some point in this interaction, you know, right when she's about to, um, uh, get it. Somebody drops a, oh, the little boy drops the baseball upstairs in the attic. And the other Nazis are like, oh, shit. What's that sound up there? Who's up there? What's going on up there? And they go up there. And the little boy is, in order to protect his new American soldier friends, he's standing at the top of the stairs in the attic with his baseball and his baseball glove. And he rolls the ball to the German soldiers who are about to come up into the attic and look and find the Americans. But the little boy stops them by rolling the ball down the stairs to them. The Nazi soldier who picks up the ball looks at it. This is what inhuman garbage <laughs> these Nazis are. The, the Nazi picks up the ball, looks at it, sneers at the little boy, the little five-year-old boy, and then hawks a big honking loogie and spits it on the ball and then throws it at the kid. I mean... I mean, this guy was a real jerk. He was a real <laughs> jerk. What a jerk. <laughs> Like, yeah. good lord. All right, there was... Okay, so finally the she, like, consents, and she's like, all right, just just fuck me already. And so the, the leader German's like, 
Yay! Hooray! Right. See you guys, and he like dismisses his soldiers, and they leave. I'm so glad you decided to change your mind, totally of your own volition. And so, like, he starts going towards her, and this is the one thing that I want to call out. These Nazis are monsters. Nazis are the worst of the worst. We can all agree on that. However, can we point out that his opening move was cunnilingus? Yeah, so he was at remar- least he was a considerate. He was a giver. Raper. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. he- <laughs> unless that was, I mean, unless that, I mean, she wasn't about it. No, I mean, he like that was the thing she he was, needed. She still didn't want it, but like that was his out- opening move. Bryce, don't turn this into something. It's not. That I'm just was, saying that was his. I'm deal. just saying that. <laughs> what I do? He's, he's, he's. He, if you're gonna rape someone, be considerate. And don't start with or don't rape them at all. Right. <laughs> yeah. But if you're no if you're going to rape them. Then start with oral. Then start with oral. It's, yeah, I'm I'm gonna say that makes it worse, probably. And any, any additional any additional part of the rape not, yeah, not wanted. I guess that's true. Anyways, he doesn't actually get there. He does like get he, there. he gets uh cold cocked by one of the Americans yeah. before he he can accomplish anything. So they knock the zombie out, they string him up. They knock the Nazi. They knock the Nazi out. They string him up, and then they beat the ever-loving shit out of yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> they they beat the crap out of him. They turn and and something along the lines of, if you're gonna if you're gonna fight monsters, you have to become a monster. Something like that is said. Mm-hmm. Foreshadowing. Yeah, foreshadowing, and and at that point, so. He, the Nazi gets gets beat all to hell. The corporal uh, gets beat beat up real bad, and Ford is like, "Okay, we need a recon mission." At which point, some wacky crap happens, and Boyce finds himself in the church. Like he, there's a chase scene. He's chased by a dog. He gets in a truck full of dead bodies, and he finds himself in the church. Oh, oh, the dog that chased him was a German Shepherd. The evilest of German dogs. So yeah, when he was when he was going into the church, I I had to ask myself, I because I I think I just wasn't paying attention before that because I wasn't sure what his actual mission was, why he was going up there. Because I know the other two guys got sent out yeah. to go find other people at the agreed upon drop point. Yeah, something. But what confusing. was what was uh, Boyce doing? He was like he was like out and about. You know, like he might have been like smoking a cigarette, and then yeah. like something happened. Yeah. Like, Anyways, he, he, we both stroked off for yeah. a mere second, and then Boyce is like on his way into the Nazi yeah. encampment, and all of a sudden he's in the church, and um, that's when all the discoveries about Nazi experiments happen. And I got to say, um, another endorsement for the sound of this movie the sound design was great on it it was very creepy there was like a subtle like sounds of dentistry happening in the background i don't yeah. know if you noticed yeah <laughs> but like just a lot of off-putting sounds and High sound pitch. design and unlike the trailer there wasn't a lot of like music no like popular there wasn't a lot of rock songs going on throughout it it I don't even think it opened with it. Did it open with Hell's Bells? No. I don't think so. Uh-uh. The only real song was at the end with like this blues song, but most of the music was very like ambient, like 
deep bass drums and creepy backwards choirs. Yeah, sounding, and it was it was great. It was effective. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, and and might I might I add? So he he gets his he gets into this like this church that's basically been com- with catacombs that's been converted into a gigantic laboratory, like a medical laboratory. And why are the bad guys' laboratories always the dirtiest fucking place you can possibly imagine? Grime everywhere. Test tubes that are just black and gross and gritty. And like every every syringe is, that is prepared, pre-prepared ahead of time just looks like it's rusty and ready to like give you tetanus. Yeah, this felt much more like a haunted house version of an evil scientist lair yeah. than actually trying to portray what you know an evil nazi laboratory would look like and that was one of the things that it was I'd, creepy i though. had a question about lots of, lots of questions about what the what exactly they were experimenting on what the purpose of it was but can you explain to me what the random rubber scrotums with people in them was there to accomplish i can't i can't tell you what that was about what i can tell you is this movie very, very closely mirrors and reflects uh, Wolfenstein, at least the, the Wolfensteins that I've played, which are Return to Castle Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein 3D, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, well, not so much Wolfenstein 3D, because that's just kind of like just squares and pixels, but uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein, and then the most recent first, so like the 2016 Wolfenstein, and so it's it's just it it is all of these weird experiments are just there to denote fucked up shit is going on in this place. We are inhuman, horrible, horrible people who are who have who place no value on human life except to further our needs of world domination by whatever means possible. Right. Because at one point Boyce walks into a room <laughs> where he can hear a woman in French saying, "Please help." help me please help help me over and over again he opens the door and there's a head with a spinal column coming out of it just like it just looking around with her eyes kind of in the darkness going help yeah you know you know what it reminded me of um the music video for nine inch nails closer oh it was totally closer i didn't even think about that yeah that's absolutely what it was good job bryce Going going back to the rubber scrotums, mm. the rubble, rubber people scrotums, um, the people being the testicles and the metaphorical scrotums. Right. Like, they're, I don't know, in this goo or whatever in these sacks, and they're alive, and there's just a moment, there's no explanation about it, there's no, like... They're constant, they're featured prominently yeah. a lot. Yeah, they're in the trailer... And the only thing, that, the only interaction with it is Boyce goes up to one and there's a zipper on it yeah. at the bottom. He unzips it and the guy's head pops through and he's like, you gotta get Help me, me out of here. Get me out of here. And then he hears Nazis and he's like, whoop, I back got, in there. And he get back shoves in. his face back in, zips it back up. All right, I'm out. Get back in that scrote. And he goes back and saves one of one of his soldiers. But yeah, yeah that, that bothered me for some reason. It's like, what a great concept but they there's no payoff i have they exist i have a theory i have a theory if you'd like to hear it maybe 
this is, uh, maybe they're doing this for the same reason the Matrix does it. Maybe they're using them as human batteries. Oh, Yeah, maybe. because, you know, think about it. This is the 40s. Batteries are shitty. Humans, plentiful. True. Especially in France, True. you know, where they're not, they're not German, they're French. So it's like, eh, we could just pop a few, few French people in there, use them as batteries. So the, he discovers some vials with drugs in it. And, okay, so let's like list off how you see these, this drug used and its effects. So number one, they use it on a dead guy. One of the, one of the soldiers is dead. He gets resurrected and then <laughs> he gets resurrected with this, with this serum. With this drugs. And then immediately this proceeds drugs. to, like, become the thing. Or, like, a Cronenberg, like, weird monster. Bone-hurting juice. Yeah. it's that The drug is bone-hurting juice, is what it is. So, they got, it's in the trailer, too. Like, his neck just snaps, like, all the way back. Don't like, drink it. All, all the way back. <laughs> and then, because he wakes up and he's like, I feel great. And then he, he all of a sudden pulls, like, a full Suspiria... And gets crumpled up like a used bag of chips and then unraveled. Got bones poking through skin and stuff. And, and then he's just a crazed His, his veins are like standing out yeah. like real heavy. And then the other effect we see is the people that have been experimented on for a while, I guess. And they're just full on 28 days later, later runner zombies. Yeah, Twitchy. No. Yeah, well there well there's like there's like Chloe's aunt in the house and she just basically looks like a walking tumor. Right. Um and she's she is not fast. She is distinctly slow and sickly. Right. And then you got the zombies who are basically um the dead resurrected, which I can prove because at some point the doctor in charge of the facility says says to uh, his counterpart, no, don't use the serum on yourself. You're still alive. We've never tested it on a live subject. Right. And uh, we don't know what that could do. <laughs> but this guy's face is already blown halfway off, so he's got nothing to lose. He yeah. he shoots up two, two, two of these serums. So this this, this is the, the, the corporal, the, mm -hmm. the Nazi corporal. And he he gets just beat to shit and he gets uh he gets a part of his face blown off and uh he's back at the castle and he's ready for revenge at this point he, yeah he pops two of these serums so, so he just becomes a super soldier kind of like a yeah he's got a hole blown in his face yeah but he's he's a super soldier with with the serum so it goes from like resurrection full-on full on resurrected body crumpled man and to, very, very, very strong. Like, they're all super soldiers. Yeah. Anybody who's got this stuff in them, super soldiers. soldiers and then there soldiers. was the one There was the one zombie that was chasing after him that was, like, a gooey zombie. Maybe that's where, what those sacks were for, just to get, get the zombies nice and gooey. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, you really gotta, like, soak, soak your dead first. Yeah. And then there was just the super soldier. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, so it wasn't very clear of like, all right, what does this stuff do necessarily? If they had stuck with, it resurrects people, you know, or 
I don't know. Or if they'd have given I... a few different colors, you know, if there'd have been blue, yeah, and instead of just orange, right, then that'd have been cool. But I, mean, I think this it was kind of it was, splitting hairs. It was basically like like Juice X. It's like it'll it'll do whatever we want it to for the plot. Yeah. At this moment, we want them to be chased after something, so we'll make a crazy twitchy zombie that somehow moves faster at different camera speeds. You know. Right, the um, chase after this girl. Right, Nuke from RoboCop Two. We know a lot more about right than than the serum in Overlord. Right, whatever it is. And the only thing that we learn about it is it's some kind of natural thing that they pump out from underneath the church. It's not like a Nazi chemical. It's gluten experiment. It's It's literally some kind of weird element that's underneath this church that there had been stories of from the french talking about it it's definitely definitely gluten right and uh and i don't do well with gluten yeah so right now i'm already out so um the the horror elements of this movie are essentially body horror uh first and foremost and then jump scares like right behind body horror and uh, the jump scares are good. Like, nah. nah. They worked every, on me. Every one of them, like, you knew exactly what they were doing. It was like, I'm going to look through this hole in the wall and see what's on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's... <laughs> it's of the course, trumpet. Of course there's going to be someone's face come up and into the hole. Like, of, of course that's what it's gonna do i mean it wasn't it wasn't terrible but i i I don't know i like jump scares that actually are surprising or coming to surprising part not like that it's led up to there were there were ones where it came in surprising where where were they i don't remember anything i can't remember i was too surprised to remember (laughs) (laughs) Mm, how convenient how can how can you expect me to remember if i'm surprised Mm. that's that's exactly why you would remember that's maybe how that's how your brain works, privileged brain. Okay, so at one point the super soldier Nazi is fighting the uh Ford, Ford, the pragmatic yeah. hero. He was not pragmatic, he was a dick. And uh Ford decides like he's already hanging on a hook. He's like being left for dead. And he's like, "All right, I'm going to stab myself with this serum." And and then so they're evenly matched and they have a fight, which was, to me, the least effective action sequence in the movie. Because you know what's not interesting? Evenly matched people punching each other over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same reason why, like, Man of Steel was super uninteresting, those action sequences. Like, but the thing that kept it kept it semi-interesting for me, like, I knew what was going to happen, but... Th- the sound was so loud and visceral, like the cracking and the punching, like it was huge. Like it was just so, and it added such a a big element to the, to the overall effect that uh, didn't bother me. And the same thing with the gunfights. Like, first of all, World War II gunfights, I'm in, I am 100% there, but the sound was so much better than any other, any other example of that that I can think of that I was just like, I was cool with it. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the thing with the action sequences that, that I had an issue with is that 
nothing they don't and this is splitting hairs and there's not a lot of action movies that go this route but the really good ones do is that the action doesn't actually serve a purpose it's usually to get from one point to or, or another or right it's it doesn't communicate anything in the story it's like and then this happens and then it's, this action sequence happens because we think it'd look cool and it's so we want to show you right it's the reason the movie rampage exists starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson right <laughs> it's like action sequences you know it'd be more interesting if they were unevenly matched or there was like a balance of power shifting you know or even if he was like in the fight and then he injects himself while he's getting his ass kicked and then all of a sudden he has power to to fight him like that would be more interesting i have an idea i'm gonna pitch a movie to you right now okay okay action sequence the movie all right so this movie is just is unapologetic and is what it is it is just a series of the best action sequences you've ever seen and they're loosely tied together and they are there is no attempt to have some half-assed plot behind it it's just a series of action sequences for one hour how well would it do if they were if, if we're talking top tier like Best of the best. I mean, action sequences. They they always do really well. I yeah. mean, I can think of I can think of a list of movies that that's basically the case. But if it literally threw away the premise, like not well, even a have... ven- not even a veneer. If it was just like a guy looking at another guy at the start of the movie, and he goes, "Fuck <laughs> you." <laughs> well, I mean, and the... then the other guy goes, "No, fuck you." And it's then, on, and then it just goes like. I think, I think the closest to that is John Wick. Oh yeah, yeah. It's but no, no. It's t- it's too real because I mean, they got a has, dog in there. I care about. He it. has a strong motivation, but that's it. There's no there's no story other than I have a strong motivation and I desire revenge. It's too much. I can't care about it. The, it's too the much. other one that came to mind was the most recent Mission Impossible. A lot of the Mission Impossible movies are like Ooh, hey, hey, wafer thin. Like, yeah, there's a MacGuffin. We're running after it. But look at all these action sequences. What's a MacGuffin? A MacGuffin is a story device where it's basically an object or person of power that just acts as the motivation to move the plot forward. So this is like a word for a thing. Uh Uh-huh. Huh. Yeah. So it's... So, um, for example, in Pulp Fiction, the... The, the briefcase, briefcase is a MacGuffin. Like, you don't know anything about it other than it's something. And it's something that people desire and are wanting to go after. Don't anyone say you don't Any, learn things on this podcast. Anything anything where there's like a super weapon that the bad guys and the good guys are going after, that's a MacGuffin. Ah. Like, it's, like it doesn't, usually doesn't give many details. The drug, a, the drug is the MacGuffin in this movie. Kind of. No, because it's not motivating the plot. They're not going after the drug. They're using it. Okay. All right. It's it's, it's a not a different. MacGuffin. It's a little different. Anyway, I think Action Sequence, the movie, would do well. Let us know what you think. <laughs> Can we get this greenlit? What do you think? Um, so, the... Yeah, so... <laughs> uh, the Then there is... You know, they end up... Uh, 
this is a big spoiler now, so just bear with me. They blow up the radio tower, accomplish their mission, <gasps> and save the kid and Chloe. And everything everything's okay. But it I it does leave it open for a second because it's only been nine hours. We're still on D Day, bro. There's you know how many if the if the you think they got their biggest and best like uh overlord experiments just sitting on the beach just right off the beach a couple miles Uh uh-uh no we're heading all the way to berlin well i mean in the movie it talks about how it's it's a natural substance underneath that church specifically that they're mining okay so like yeah if it can be found other places then yes and if the idea can be torn down bryce will do it i will uh the other thing is that that bothered me at the end of the movie, Boyce like hides the fact that anything existed under under the church. And they're like, people say there's a lot of weird stuff going on in, under there. Did you notice anything? You guys kind of blew up a whole lot. Like, why'd you do so much? And Boyce is like, nope, just a church doing my job, sir. And I don't really. They didn't really set it up for why he would do that, other than like, I guess. No, they did set it up. They uh so um what's what's the what's the corporal's name? Um R- Roof? Wolf? <laughs> Ford. <laughs> Ford? Yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> um Ford says make sure make sure that we don't get a hold of this either because we would try and do something with it too. This whatever oh, whatever's under the ground here needs to stay under the ground and buried. Don't tell anyone, don't let anybody know. The bone hurting juice must go away for good. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But there's no way that's the only sample, the bone hurting juice. Come on now. Anyway. So, um this was this movie was a bad robot production. Um and uh and for the longest time it was alluded to be a Cloverfield tie in. Many people suspected as such. There were lots and lots of rumors. And lots of videos made. It was like Cloverfield and 10 Cloverfield Lane, which, by the way, if you haven't seen uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, you need to, because that's a stellar movie, like a really, really, really good movie. And the Cloverfield Paradox are all kind of part of a a universe that exists all together. And uh, this was supposed to be, or rumored to be, the fourth in that um series of events it is not so sorry sorry to because i was really hoping it would be because i love cloverfield how do you know it's not yeah i mean it really it could be but there's just not enough there's not enough to tie it and it's not like it wouldn't be interesting if it were someone on the once the dvd comes out someone on the internet's gonna find like look it's a logo of this company that exists over here the slurpee brand yeah like uh, okay yeah 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 we david sent me a video of the explanation of the the connections between all the cloverfield movies and it's all like look there's a logo here and they're all drinking the same stuff Slurpees. and it all, it all comes down to jj abrams put it puts a stink on something yeah and so it's all it's all related he farts on what, everything in the same way what's the what's the connection yeah. it's like it's it's jj abrams yeah, that's it. Like, there's no over. There's definitely no overall, like plot. No, J.J. Abrams doesn't have like a basement 
like in a beautiful mind with strings connected to different movies and plot lines and stuff and pictures of of characters he's just like just watching lost will show you that they're just making it up yeah, as it goes this is just garbage that we put together it's gobbledygook and it seems interesting and that's why you care and we already designed these logos for stuff so we're going to reuse them if you want to see people really freak out um, mention that soldiers of African American heritage were not integrated with Caucasian units during World War II. See what happens, because the main character Boyce is uh, is playing an African American man, even though he's a he's a British man. But yeah, he is he's black. Okay, they weren't ever deployed with with white people in in right. World War II. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just it's weird how you frame that. Did someone? explode at you or something for no there's that? there's internet arguments about it like oh. this isn't historically accurate and it's like well no shit because yeah. it's also got zombie juice in it. <laughs> yeah that was the one thing that that pulled me out like immediately is that they're in the plane their superior officer was a black guy played by oh, what's his name Bo- uh, bokeem woodbine Okay. Which, if you pull up his picture on IMDb, tell me he is not the love child of Samuel L. Jackson and Dave Chappelle. <laughs> no, he's yeah, he's he's pretty close. Yeah, so he's he's the superior officer, and it just pulled me out for a minute because I'm like, wait a minute, people were still really racist back then. I don't think they had like commanding officers that were black commanding white officers like that didn't feel right right is this a tuskegee thing or yeah like and i mean it's a it's just so they weren't integrated till 52 right i have I no think, idea i think that's the year that was put out but that's like korea shocking this movie is not historically accurate yeah don't go for the historical accuracy on overlord yeah because <laughs> there's nothing accurate about this movie so should not be should not be surprising to you um final recommendations who do you who do you think would like this movie um, I mean, if you, yeah, people that are like 80s action movies would like this movie. Oh, yeah. It's over the top kind of gore that you'd see in, in 80s horror movies, but also very 80s in tone for the action of just, let's not overthink it. Yeah. Let's just, let's just show some stuff getting Come. exploded and some people being punched. Come on, guys. Let's just have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, I think I think I think I agree with most of that. Next, we're going to taglines. Taglines this week brought to you by Sucky No Fuck. Jesus Christ, Bryce, what the fuck is this? This is just profane. I don't like it when you make me read this. Here's taglines. All right. So how many do you got? Four. Four? I got four also. I think you probably have read mine. Perfect. Perfect. You go ahead. Oh, I should say taglines is a bit where we um, we read taglines. We make up taglines that we think would do better for the movie or are more funny. Than what the movie came up with. So, here's your first tagline by Bryce. 
Overlord, bending over backwards for your entertainment. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> bending over backwards. Uh, Overlord, just say yes to drugs. That stuff was serious. That that was serious drugs. Like, I, I mean, I wouldn't do it, but Overlord, don't overthink it. Boo, boo. <laughs> Overlord, it's not peer pressure. It's just your turn. Another drugs thing. Huh. <laughs> Overlord, they're zombie Nazis. No. Super Nazi. No, super zombie Nazis. <laughs> I don't like that one. Uh, okay. <clears throat> Overlord. Halt. Hammerzeet. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it was worth the seven minutes of listening to hammer time oh my trying God. to find the perfect spot you want to find a specific spot in the in the song hammer time i dare you to find any specific spot in hammer time you'll you'll end up just like clicking through this song just hearing stop. hammer time stop stop hammer time hammer time stop. hammer time hammer time can't make me just basically anywhere you can't touch pull up hammer time video on YouTube, click anywhere in the timeline and you'll get greeted by You just can't touch. Stop. Hammer time. <laughs> Hammer time. Stop. Hammer time. Hammer time. Stop. Hammer time. <laughs> time. Stop. Now you go. Okay. Overlord. D Day. More like Z Day, am I right? <laughs> Zombies. Uh Overlord. They did not see this coming. <laughs> It's a play on... Uh, it's not it's see. A, not, I did not see it yeah. coming. Horror movie news. Okay, so now we got some... Not a bunch of horror movie news, but I got a few a few spots for you. So uh, last night I was uh, I was scrounging around for uh, for some horror movie news, and I was I was on Bloody Disgusting, which is a horror movie um, slash horror mm, website that that talks a lot about horror movies and uh brad miska uh reported on a vogue writer who <laughs> who says that horror this year has been bad or lackluster and the vogue piece is done by taylor antrim and uh <laughs> it's this, this is great so this this guy taylor antrim at for vogue says remember when horror was good brad quoted him uh saying bringing up his quote remember when horror was good ask asks one of vogue's writers who proclaims 2018 void of any good horror movies in this article published this week yet still works in mentions of hereditary and a quiet place the latter of which he calls a thriller so he doesn't even he doesn't even notice it as a horror movie he, he calls it a thriller which i don't really know the difference and that's definitely not a thriller. It's not a that's thriller. Not, it's just a straight up horror movie. And then he he goes on. This Vogue writer goes on to say, "We didn't even get a decent shark movie this year, bitch. We got the only shark movie I've seen in <laughs> fucking ten years." Yeah, and, the Meg. Uh, yeah, and he uh, uh, Brad goes on to say he bolsters uh, like that some 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 kind of quantifiable statistic over the past one hundred years of cinema that you get like 
you know, a new shark movie every year. The writer of this Vogue article went on to slam Halloween before he comically told readers to watch Revenge, which I hate to break it to him, uh, says Brad, came out this year. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it made me think, like, this has been the craziest year yet for horror, like, in ages. Yeah, it's been a great year for horror. Yeah, I think, <laughs> well, shocking, Vogue is not a good publication for horror critique. Yeah, they, well, why, like. Yeah, the, the real question is, why were they even talking about horror movies? Why were they talking about horror Vogue? movies? And how could you be so off base? Yeah. How? How could you be so, how could you be so wrong? The only good year in horror movies that's ever happened in, I don't know, five years, ten years, something like that. Yeah. Really good stuff. Anyway, so I thought that was funny. I'll put both links up. I'll put a link up to both Bloody Disgusting and Vogue in uh, on our website, horrormovietalk.com, for this. Uh, yeah, and you get Suspiria. Um, yeah. So crazy. Uh, Dread Central reports that original Friday the 13th composer is scoring new holiday-themed horror movie called Hanukkah. Have you seen the trailer for Hanukkah? No. Holy shit. This movie is nuts. Uh, This trailer is nuts, I should say. Um, And they got the composer, Harry uh, Manfredini, uh, who is a bonafide treasure of the horror genre, says Dread Central, having scored just about every installment of the Friday the 13th franchise, among literally dozens of other awesome classic genre flicks. And now we're getting word that Manfredini is scoring the upcoming holiday-themed horror movie Hanukkah, written and directed by Eben McGar. Um, this this movie, like I said, is the craziest fucking trailer I've ever seen. I kind of wouldn't mind playing a clip of it right now if we can. We don't have to. But I'll definitely put it on the post. Um, yeah, let's just put it on the post. Okay. And, and then I have one last piece about... I like these. Uh, The most popular horror movie by state. And I'm not going to go over all of them. I'm just going to hit a few of them. Didn't we already do this one? No, we we did the most most Googled horror movie villain by state. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. This is the most, the most, uh, 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 what's the, the most popular horror movie by state. I've got a couple um, news items while you look that up. Yeah. One was that the <clears throat> Richard Eggers, the director of The Witch, is going to have another project released in 2019, The Lighthouse. Oh, baby. Um, so looking forward to seeing what he's going to come up with. Um, it'll star William Defoe and Robert, Rod, uh, Robert Pattinson. That'll be cool. Yeah. And, yeah. The, uh, it, the witch was such a such a crazy crazy like that was 2015 i believe mm-hmm. and to my recollection 2015 wasn't a crazy year for horror other than the fact that the witch came out and it's one of the best horror movies in right many, the witch felt decades. like it set off just a kind of cascade of like oh yeah it's responsible can... for a lot of a lot of what's going on now in horror i think and then the other headline was the Satanic Temple has now filed a fifty million dollar lawsuit against Netflix over Chilling Adventures of Sabrina because they used 
one of the the satanic temple's uh statues what in the production they used a a copy of this statue of a goat man or whatever baphomet yeah and uh they're like hey that's ours you can't just take our our design you can't take our god and just parade him around and use it in a a really shitty satanic panic show you wouldn't do that to muhammad would you yeah that's basically what what they said so (laughs) that's pretty good that's it at at least interesting yeah yeah the church of satan has turned out to be one of the most interesting troll religions ever maybe maybe the only actual active troll religion Right? Yeah, because it's people actually think that it's they think that it's a church. Yeah, that it's an actual church and not It is not. Supposed to I mean it's basically you got the same origin as the spaghetti monster the flying spaghetti monster religion. Yeah. But flying spaghetti monster monster is much more obviously like a commentary or trolling. Yeah. Saying like, yeah. Did the flying spaghetti monster was it born of South Park? No, I think it was an internet thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was. I thought it was South Park. No, I mean it feels like South Park, but I'm pretty sure it's just an internet thing. Of, I believe in a flying spaghetti monster. Yeah. The most popular horror movie in Washington State, which is where we are, is Shaun of the Dead, and I think that's accurate because Carrie and I watch Shaun of the Dead at least once or twice a year. Huh. What, right. uh, what's your go-to, like, horror movie? I don't know. I guess I don't really watch a lot of horror movies re- on repeat, but I would, you know I would probably go, to? go more towards, like, Paranormal Activity. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. The, the great thing about Paranormal Activity is it's so tight. Like, right. it's, it's like an hour and 20, you know? Yeah. And, it's, and it's all of it's good. And then I thought this was a little apropos, uh... Guess what? You'll never guess what it is. Oregon uh, is a girl walks home alone at night. (laughs) Of course. Which is, I believe that's, I believe that's in. So they only surveyed Portland is what you're saying. Only Portland and Eugene were surveyed for that. Exactly. There's, there's nowhere in rural Oregon that would be like, yes. Yeah. We want an obscure foreign film about a vampire. Right. A vampire girl to, to be our number one horror movie. Yeah. It's not like it was a bad horror movie. It's just it's it's way like under like that's is no Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, right. it is a underground movie for sure. Um, and then of course, I mean, can you guess Texas's Texas Chainsaw? Yeah, Massacre. for sure. I mean, what's California? California. Let's see here. Give me some time. Iowa was Evil Dead Two. Alabama was the original Halloween. Delaware. I'm in Delaware. What? That is wow. Okay, no, actually that makes sense. Californians are all about the fil- the Spanish film The Orphanage or huh. El Orfanfanado. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've seen. It's it's not it's not bad. It's a good movie. Wonder what Utah is. Well, let's see. Utah'll be like Poltergeist. Something PG-13. Virginia is Drag Me to Hell. Ooh, you you know you're you're close, but you're not you're not quite right. It is it is comedy horror. So you want to take a stab in comedy is it horror? Tucker and Dale? No, it is Zombieland. Oh, Zombieland. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's Utah. 
Yeah. So anyway, that was a fun thing that I liked. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I have no idea how they compile any of that stuff, but uh, or if they just like. Yeah, that's highly dubious. Call up their friend in Washington. They're like, hey, what's your favorite horror movie, Shaun of the Dead? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that sample must have been not statistically hey, whoa. relevant to the rest of the population in Oregon. Yeah, I mean, who knows Who knows how, uh, how accurate any of that is. Anyway, um, so with that, thank you all very much for listening uh, to our review of Overlord. Um, please share this podcast with a friend. It is the only way we can grow at this point. Um, so share us, share us with a friend on social media or, you know, a good old fashioned word of mouth. Give us uh, your feedback. If you'd like to help us out also take our audience survey on our site, horrormovietalk.com. currently surveying our listeners to learn more about you. So please take a few minutes, visit on our website and click on the listener survey link at the top. Yeah. 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 Um, special thanks to this week. Special thanks to Adrian for giving me a call and being like, I want to hear more of this and that. And I'm like, Adrian, I can do some of that. And he's like, cool, thanks. And then he argues with me about, you know, wanting it his way. But I appreciate Get that. your own podcast, Adrian. No, don't <laughs> keep listening to this one because I really appreciate the feedback. So thanks, Adrian. And with that, this has been Horror Movie Talk. And goodbye. Bye. We love you. Bye.